0: All right, all right. Welcome into Newsmax Daily for Thursday, March the 9th, 2023. Get your popcorn ready. Not only for the Washington, D.C. show, but today is hashtag popcorn lovers day. And who doesn't love it? The snack synonymous with movie theaters as far back as the early 1900s. It was actually temporarily banned in movie theaters at one point because... It made too much noise when people eat it. The United States, by the way, continuing to be the largest consumer of popcorn in the entire world. It's also National Meatball Day, Mike Pompeo's favorite day, and I'm not complaining either. Today is also National Barbie Day, as in Barbie dolls, and we don't have nearly the time to dig into all the history and all the money involved in the Barbie doll industry. Meanwhile, millions of Americans are dealing with snow and severe weather again on this Thursday. Heavy snow expected today from the West Coast to the Midwest. Oregon could see a few feet, parts of California as well. And then Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa could see several inches of snow today. A great day to stay home and listen to podcasts. It is likely not a great day for Alan Shaw. He's the CEO of Norfolk Southern, being briefed by senators today following that toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. In parts of his prepared speech, Ohio Democrat Rod Brown says people in the state expect a firm commitment that the company will pay whatever it costs to make the community right again, if that's even possible. It's also not a great day for old marblemouth Mitch McConnell, the 81 year old admitted to the hospital last night after he tripped and fell while attending a dinner at a Washington hotel. So we wish Mitch the best and a speedy recovery. Republicans did chalk up an early legislative victory yesterday. Finally, a big public rebuke for Washington, D.C. The Senate voted to repeal a controversial new local crime law there in D.C. And it's too bad Mitch is laid up in the hospital because after 67 days of the new year, things are finally heating up on Capitol Hill. Wednesday, the House Foreign Affairs Committee, led by Texas Republican Mike McCall, finally kicked off its investigation into the Biden administration's botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, you know, the one that led to the deaths of 13 U.S. service members and many of our Afghan allies that were left behind. Several service members that had served in Afghanistan or were serving on the ground that day testified on Wednesday.
1: Because of the Biden administration's dereliction of duty, the world watched heartbreaking scenes unfold in and around
2: the Kabul airport for the next two weeks. Over 80 percent of the Afghans who stood by us at great risk to themselves and their families remain left behind. I want America to know the truth. The Afghanistan withdrawal was an organizational failure at multiple levels. I tried to save the lives of countless Marines. We all tried our best. It was a nightmare. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious, lying around me. Wow.
0: No gray area there. Jen Pellegrino, host of Prime News, spoke with retired Air Force Brigadier General Blaine Holt.
2: I mean, these urgent warnings they gave to leaders that they spotted the suicide bomber, they're in a position to engage, and and nothing. And, of course, minutes later, he's had that explosion that killed 13 troops, injured so many others. General, how could they have dropped the ball like this?
3: So it starts at the top. This is a rules of engagement issue, Jen. And it's sick and it's so sad to watch Sergeant Vargas of all people have to be the one without his arm to describe what happened that day, that no one would take accountability except for our Sergeant who even under that condition followed his orders. But here's the thing about the law of armed conflict. You have the ability and you have the right to self-defense. They confirmed the target and that battalion commander failed and was not held accountable. Wait a minute. The general over that battalion commander was not held accountable. And when we go all the way up to the top and that no one in this entire chain has been held to account, this just makes America weaker. And what did we get for our trouble out of not holding ourselves to account for this disaster? Um, We got an a deterrable war in Ukraine, Russia. We have uh, arguably a potential conflict coming with China and all of our adversaries know and understand that if you have designs on America, this is your time. And that Sergeant Vargas has to deliver that message. It's
0: sickening. Again, that's retired Air Force Brigadier General Blaine Holt, who you've seen on many Newsmax shows over the course of time. A 115-page report that was released last year by Chairman McCall blamed President Biden's administration for the chaos at the airport that day, saying it had failed to properly plan for the fallout of the withdrawal. Aside from the 13 U.S. service members killed in the blast, it also claimed the lives of 170 Afghan civilians was a suicide bomber. On Wednesday's Newsmax Daily, you heard Senator Rand Paul talk about COVID, the Wuhan lab, and the Select Committee's investigation, which also got underway yesterday. Like I said, get the popcorn ready because things are heating up. We'll get into that in a moment. But first, Brigadier General Blaine, in that clip a moment ago, he mentioned the potential conflict with China, which is something that has been talked about for some time now, especially since Russia attacked Ukraine and China seems to be supporting Russia. Russia, and then the whole China spy balloon. A few days ago, China's new foreign minister basically warned that U.S. policies towards its country were driving the two countries towards potential conflict. They said it, potential conflict, coverage from Wake Up America and author Gordon Chang.
1: Gordon Chang. Gordon, good morning to you. So the new minister wasting no time getting the point across, threatening the U.S. in his very first press conference. What do you make of the sense of urgency coming from China and how concerned should we be? I think Qing Gong, the new foreign minister, uh, who was just echoing the comments of Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler on Monday, I think that both of them are establishing a justification to strike America. So this is becoming urgent The Biden administration says, well, they don't want conflict, but the point is the Chinese do. Now, I believe that the Chinese establishment knows intellectually that it should not go to war, but emotionally it wants to kill. And that's also true of the Chinese military, which is getting more power inside the Chinese political system. This is like Japan in the 1930s, Allison. Mm. We should be expecting war very soon
0: so what should the biden administration do
1: gordon how do you think that they should respond to this first of all we should be putting our military on higher alert we should be getting ready for imminent conflict i don't think it will happen allison but if we prepare we will convince the chinese that they will pay an enormous price should they go to war so it's important right now to establish deterrence And the most important thing is that they need to hear the president of the United States change his tone, issue severe warnings from the White House and making sure those warnings are not contradicted by his uh, press secretary and by the secretary of defense. It is now critical that we show uh, a United States that is indeed united. And one that is prepared to defend itself, its friends and allies. Yeah, that messaging is is so important.
0: Wake Up America kicks off your news day at 6.30 a.m. Eastern. And don't forget about the Wake Up America weekend edition. That's Saturday and Sundays at 7 o'clock Eastern. That's a.m. as well. Okay, back to Capitol Hill now and COVID. The Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic also began hearings Wednesday, as I mentioned. It's focused largely on whether the virus was the result of a laboratory leak or not. Newsmax Washington correspondent Kilmeny Ducart was there.
1: Dr. Robert Redfield making some pretty bold statements before members of the committee, as you just alluded to, the fact that U.S. taxpayer dollars likely funded controversial gain-of-function research that potentially created the virus, uh, not just through the National Institute of Health, but also through other federal agencies, including the State Department and the Department of Defense. While many believe that gain-of-function research is critical to get ahead of viruses by developing vaccines, in this case, I believe it was the exact opposite, unleashing a new virus to the world without any means of stopping it and resulting in the deaths of millions of people. Because of this, it's my opinion that we should call for a moratorium on gain-of-function research. Redfield, along with Jamie Metzl, a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, and Nicholas Wade, a former science editor for the New York Times, who have been testifying today. They've all backed the lab leak theory, which was recently supported by the Energy Department. Wade hinting at a cover-up by the nation's top epidemiologist, Dr. Anthony Fauci.
0: Kilmaney Ducart on Capitol Hill, Dr. Redfield, who was the head of the CDC for part of the Trump administration and the first year of the Biden administration, don't forget, he added that he was excluded from a phone call with Dr. Anthony Fauci back in February of 2020, being told that the desire was to go with a single narrative. Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson is a member of the Select Committee on Coronavirus and spoke with Rob Schmidt
3: tonight. Good to have you back on, sir. Uh, All of Fauci's behavior points to just one realistic truth here. He was very nervous in the early days of the pandemic.
2: Well, that's absolutely right, Robin. That's what we're going to find out when this is all over is that this came out. Uh, Fauci immediately realized uh, most likely that uh, he had been involved in funding this particular research at this particular lab and he probably immediately realized what was going on. So he went into damage control mode and he had people calling and, and, and meeting with him, other scientists, other colleagues telling him that, hey, this has every indication that this was man-made. This is not of natural origin. This did not come from yeah. a wet market, right. uh, you know, from an animal yeah. wet market in Wuhan. This came most likely from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. and so so he started his damage control mode. He started calling people he had a phone call uh, with some of these key folks uh, that were, they were blowing these alarms. Uh, I don't know what happened on that phone call. Within three days, several of them came out publicly with a complete opposite assessment, basically saying that there was no way, that, uh, that they didn't think there was any way possible that this was, uh, was man-made, that it must have been natural right. origin, Did which was flip? just the opposite of what they had told Fauci on the phone. They right. flipped and then yeah. we find out later that these people actually got Huge NIH grants uh, uh, worth millions and millions of dollars, so they were most likely bought off. These are the, these are all the things that we don't have the uh, complete answers to yet, but we're getting answers. Whistleblowers are coming moving. out. We're getting uh, access to emails. Yeah. It's all yeah.
3: moving in one direction. We, we've not, over the last six months or so, all the evidence is pointing in one direction. You're not getting anything pushing right. this stuff away, and that to me indicates everything. Rob Schmidt,
0: host of Rob Schmidt tonight, weeknights at 7 Eastern, right here after the record with Greta Van Susteren. All right, shifting gears a bit now, what many people had already speculated is becoming more clear. Arizona's Kerry Lake is reportedly on Donald Trump's short list of vice presidential running mates. She stopped by the balance to talk about it with Eric Bowling
1: former Arizona gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake. And Carrie, uh, good to have you. I spent the weekend at CPAC and you were all the buzz. I'm going to tell you, everyone, I can't wait to see Carrie Lake speak. Carrie Lake speak. You did great and you crushed it in the straw poll for the vice president, potential vice president. Tell us, uh, to, you know, what do you, how, how does that make you feel?
4: Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks for having me on, Eric. Um, it, and CPAC was wonderful. It was, and talk about getting fired up. I didn't even know they did the straw poll for VP and somebody told me after after the fact. And um, I was flattered by that and really honored that the people there at CPAC would would cast their vote for me. But I also think this is just kind of a diversion because right now what we need to get out is the incredible policies that President Trump has been putting out week after week after week about how he's going to get this country back on track. Everybody and their brother knows we're heading in the wrong direction. Joe Biden and the Uniparty and the leftists are driving us right over a cliff. And I don't want to be a distraction to the important policy he's putting out. My goal, my number one goal right now, is to win our case. As you know, we are fighting our case from the corrupt election we had here in Arizona. And so my goal is to get in the governor's office where I should be. And anything I can do to help the president, I'm I'm surely happy to do. If that means I go out and campaign for him and help him out, I'm happy to. To do that but i i'm just pushing um you know president trump's amazing policies right now i'm so excited about what he wants to do when he gets in to turn this titanic around
1: you know and and, you know being a high profile female conservative has its drawbacks and the left and the media the the, i guess the note takers for the democrat party and the leftists they don't like it they don't like powerful female voices because it kind of interrupts their message With the the rights message being, we do have very, very strong voices on the right
0: in women. A Trump spokesperson said anyone who thinks they know what President Trump is going to do is seriously misinformed. Some close to Trump think Lake could be too strong of a personality for Trump who doesn't want anyone stealing the spotlight. Some of those people also think Nikki Haley could be a running mate. I actually thought that earlier, I could have seen that happening for sure, but now Nikki Haley's whole platform seems to be distancing herself from Trump. So I don't see that happening now. As I mentioned in the open, today is the day that the CEO of Norfolk Southern is answering questions on the toxic train derailment to a congressional panel. Today is also the day that President Joe Biden goes to Pennsylvania right next to Ohio. We talked about this earlier in the week, although he's going to Philadelphia, which is a little bit further away, but it's still pretty darn close. If you go into Pennsylvania, why not hop over to East Palestine, Ohio, and uh, visit with the people finally. But no, that's not going to happen. All right, don't forget, if you're not already watching Newsmax TV, you can find it on most major cable systems and most streaming platforms like Amazon, Pluto, Roku, and others. If you have AT&T or another provider that doesn't carry Newsmax, call them and demand Newsmax TV. Tell them you'll switch to another provider if you don't get it, especially on AT&T. Tell them you want it back. And be sure to get the Newsmax TV app. It is free, easy to download. This way you can watch all of your favorite programs anywhere, anytime you want. Thank you so much for listening to Newsmax Daily. I appreciate it. I'm Tony Marino. I'll see you right back here tomorrow. In the meantime, keep fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store.
2: Then watch us anytime, anywhere.